the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, Episode 15. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Well, hello, my long lost friend. Hello. It's been a while. It has been a while. How have you been? I just got back from a much needed vacation a couple of days ago, so I feel a reset in some ways, and then I also feel out of touch in some ways. <laughs> right. But it's good. I think it's good to get out of touch, to get lost, so you can find things again. Don't you come home super inspired? Super inspired. I certainly did. I read some books. I kind of made a new plan of action uh, for my career. I'm going to go ahead and say that. So yeah, I have a couple of things, new things on my to-do list that I'm going to try to knock out this week. And it's exciting. I had insomnia last night just thinking about it all. So. I love so so you going on vacation did that for me too. Good. <laughs> yeah, I got inspired um when you were away and I hosted a gratitude journaling workshop um in town. And I, mean, I, so I wasn't cool. I wasn't just inspired. It was that was on the plans, but it was my first right. one to do without you because the first one I did with you in Austin. And so I was here and then after I mean it was really well received. I was so lucky. There was like 15 women there. That's awesome. And it was packed and there wasn't enough room or table space. And so um, I came home and started brainstorming like, I need a bigger space. I need to do yeah. this somewhere else. Uh-huh. So I wrote down some notes and had coffee with um, a gal in the program. And she recommended a space to me in town that does exactly that. It's more industrial. Like they do welding there. They do jewelry making. They do painting and have nude models. But they have all the setup for you yeah, to host, to host meetups. I know. Mm-hmm. So I added that to my list and some other ideas that I have for some online offerings. So while you were away dreaming, I was dreaming here going, well, I can't talk to Sandra every day, so I'm going to have to get myself into some creative trouble on my own. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I love it. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, uh, you got the nod that you needed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> that All those really people nice. showing up, that's amazing. It was good. It was yeah. really good. Um, uh, what else? I was going to share. Oh, I'm going to Hamilton tonight. Oh, uh, well, I, <laughs> to be a person that is rigorously honest, I am so jealous uh, that you're going to Hamilton. But um, we are going to Hamilton this summer. I'm just... You know? Yeah, we we don't have our tickets yet, but you know what? I'm just going to keep saying that we are going to see Hamilton this summer as well in Chicago. But <clears throat> let me tell you why you should be excited. Yeah. This is the best day 
to go see Hamilton. You know why? why? No, I don't know why. Because this is the anniversary of the duel. (gasps) The duel between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton happened on this day in 1804. What? Did you know I did mm-hmm. not know that. Yep. So this is the day to go. Wow. Seven Eleven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to air on Monday, so it'll be after. But uh, right. Yes, I'm excited. <clears throat> well, I knew to be excited. And after having this talk with our guests that we're going to have on today, you two both share a, lo- a major love of Hamilton, the musical. Oh, so, yeah. Um, oh, you guys yeah. inspired me after we did the interview. And I went out to breakfast with a friend. Um and she is a big fan of the musical and she saw it in New York when it first came out and she loves theater, musical theater. She's Grady's fairy's godmother. And she just, um, inspired me over lunch and said, you got it. You have to go. It's here. Like, yeah, it's here. So I came home and I, you know how moms do, right? We're going to make something happen for our kids. So you do everything. I scoured every internet site, every seat, every ticket, you know, stub hub, everywhere to get three seats in the orchestra for not a crazy amount of money. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I I sold my first painting and I took the earnings from that painting and I said I wanted to do something with it that I would remember. This is the thing. Oh, you're going to remember. This is the thing. So that's what I did. Yeah. So I can't wait to talk to you about it tomorrow. (laughs) You're going to love it. Well, the world is wide enough for all of us to see Hamilton. And that's a line from Hamilton. (laughs) I just keep singing, I'm not giving away my shot. And my son keeps going, what are you you doing? That's all I know, Grady. That's all I know. So he listened you guys should last listen night. To, okay, I was going to say, you guys should listen to the soundtrack on the way to uh, to San Francisco. Oh, I think we will. He listened to it all last night. He was looking at the lyrics. He was kind of researching it before we go, which is really not usually his thing. I, but I'm glad that he did that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. He won't be able to help himself. I, I don't <laughs> think if I get into it. Yeah. Well, you know, I know he learned so much in... in in U.S. history last year um, about the colonies and Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton. And I think that he's going to connect more dots than he thinks. Uh-huh. Plus so. it's rap. It's great. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Well, that is exciting. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I just got back from a trip and that was really, I mentioned that, but it was really great. Yeah. It was really great. I, it's the kind of trip that I'd always, it's a trip that we've taken many times. I've taken, I've take, we've gone to this very place. Um, I've gone there in sobriety. I've gone when I was taking a break from drinking, actually. Mm. I've gone drinking. Um, but for whatever reason, this time I had the experience that I've always wanted to have on a trip. And, um, on a vacation, whereas it was super, um, physical, I mean, there was a lot of downtime, a whole lot of downtime. I read a couple of books. Um, I worked on an art project. There was tons of downtime, but, um, we hiked 18, my husband and I hiked 18 miles. Well, he hiked actually a little bit more than me, but yeah, hiked 18 miles. I have giant blisters on the back of my feet. <laughs> and I probably swam two, two miles maybe. Um, and it was awesome. When, <clears throat> on one of the biggest, most strenuous hikes we went on, um, 
in in um, we were in Big Bend in West Texas, and uh, this particular hike is labeled strenuous. I'm not just calling it that. That's how it's labeled. <laughs> and, um, and it was, it was, <laughs> there was one moment where I thought I, I can't go any farther. And then I just did. And then I just pushed myself to do it. Um, but <clears throat> we passed these young, a couple of young couples that had gone up to the top and had camped and were coming down and they were just they were in their 20s and they were just so like fresh faced and um you know just they had they were having the experience that I wished I'd always had in my 20s and my husband said something funny like yeah my camping trips involve bonfires and beer (laughs) and it's like yeah yeah Mine looked a lot different too. Although, you know, we did some rock climbing and stuff like that when and went and I've always been an, a nature lover. I like to be outside. But um they were not having a bonfire and beer experience at all. <laughs> and, yeah. and I kind of pined uh, for it a little bit. But then I was immediately grateful that I'm 48. I'm getting to have this experience now and my body is letting me do it. You know, I, I, I'm not saying that, you know, I should be, um, you know, you're automatically on the couch after in your mid forties, but you know, not everybody, uh, body does what they want it to do, you know? And so I just felt grateful that I was physically fit enough to be able to have that experience, the same experience now that I didn't, uh, miss my boat entirely. (laughs) Now, and the pictures looked beautiful. That pool, where the heck was that pool with that awesome diving board that was on your Instagram feed? I know. Isn't that amazing? That is a place called Balmeray and it's in the middle of the desert and it's a spring fed pool. And so it's very similar to the spring fed pool we have here in Austin. Um, Barton Springs, where it's constantly 68 degrees, something like that. And there's giant black catfish that swim in the bottom of Balmeray. Um, oh. I mean, they're as big as your arm. Great. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so there's lots of uh, snorkelers and scuba divers because it goes to 25 feet deep, wow. I guess. And, and it's a, you know, it's a natural pool. It's um, uh, just a natural water spring fed pool and it has a high dive i mean how many high dives are there anymore i haven't seen one since <laughs> high school since i was at church camp and but it was a beautiful <laughs> high dive too. in the just 80s the structure of it the whole I know, thing right it just that was so picturesque i was like oh look where she's at that's awesome uh, that's it's lovely. so and the water is so cold and to jump off that high dive and just oh it feels so good uh i'm already missing it but um <laughs> Yeah, it was a pretty great trip. And then I'll tell one more story. So one morning when we were out in Big Ben, which is out in the mountains, I I woke up at like four in the morning <clears throat> and it was almost like, the, so the blinds were, my I was sleeping right by the window and the blinds were just cracked enough to where it was like, I, I opened my eyes enough just to see the entire galaxy Mm. (laughs) out there and so it was a clear night and there's no lights anywhere so it's the best stargazing available and uh they were like screaming at me come out (laughs) so I went outside and sat on the porch 
for a little or the balcony for a little while and just I could see the Milky Way. I mean, it was just breathtaking. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, I never see a shooting star ever. And we had also we were talk, had talked about earlier how we never see bears. Everybody has seen a bear out in uh, West Texas except for us. And we've this is our sixth trip out there, I guess, and we've never seen a bear. I don't know why that is was a goal of ours. It just is. <laughs> yeah, what it's is kind of a bear? weird goal, I'm just going to say. Close, <laughs> not close, but, you know, from a distance, right. love to see bear. And anyway, just as I was thinking this, you know, whatever random thoughts that were going through my head as I was you know, being in awe of this this star situation uh I, I saw a shooting star it just like right you've never of, seen one you know maybe one other time but whenever I'm in an opportunity like that just really stargaze yeah uh I never see one you know when you're really looking for something you never see it I love it and one just shot over my head and it, I just just started bawling <laughs> just started crying so hard. And then, uh, I went back to bed and slept for another couple hours. And the next day I saw a bear and the rest of my family didn't see it. I had gone out to see the sunset one last time. No one else wanted to go. And, uh, we, I had gotten there a little bit early. There's like a overlook place to watch the sunset. And I, uh, noticed there were about five people looking in a different direction and I started walking really fast. Like, what are they looking at? What are they looking at? Something cool. <laughs> and, um, I got over there just in time to watch this little teenage black bear who was very much in the distance, but not that far r- relative from where we were standing. And, uh, watched him like climb up the small ridge and go over the other side of the ridge. It was very cool. You just manifested that business. I- manifested a shooting star in a bear. You're so Bears powerful, Sandra. Me. I'm so, I'm like afraid of you a little bit right now and in awe of you. Did you put it in your name it journal in the bear? Cause that, I know if you put it in there, it's going to happen. You might've put that down before you went on your trip and your mind, in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm going to jot that down. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. Yeah. So anyway, I love that. I saw a shooting star one night on the anniversary of Casey's passing. I was in the hot tub and I can't see without my glasses very well. Uh (laughs) And um, everything's usually fuzzy. But for some reason, I wore my glasses in the hot tub, which I never do. And um, I saw one that night and I was just, oh, hello. Uh Hello, Case. How you doing? So, yeah, that's beautiful. I'm so glad you had that happen. Yeah, it was cool. So... So um, we have one more thing I wanted to share was that by the time this airs, uh, we have, it's been a year since you and I have been collaborating, like just having our phone dates and dreams about creating things. And a year ago, I think last month maybe, uh, is when we we started talking about doing the Recovery Gals Art Exchange. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a full year that we've been doing exchanges, which we do every three months on the equinoxes and on the solstices. And we have picked uh, a theme for our autumn equinox exchange, which is going to be connection, which I, I think is a great theme. word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have um, about um, a little over 25 women 
give or take a few, I don't have the exact count with me right now, but we, um, that are participating. And so we'll pair the ladies up and make on the theme, whatever that speaks And that making a, a lot of people I had put, not a lot, a few people had put some comments like I'm not an artist and, uh, you know, I'm a little intimidated by everybody else that's participating. And the whole point, I think that you and I really wanted to get across to the women that are participating. is like, make what feels good to you. Mm-hmm. This is, is it- encu- yeah, this is to encourage uh, creativity to come out of you because everybody has something. Yeah. And like we've stated before, don't, I, you know, if you're, if this is your first attempt at something, certainly don't compare yourself to somebody that's been doing watercolor for, you know, 10 years. So yeah. this is just, um, I certainly haven't seen a piece that I didn't like so far. And because I think <laughs> it's just really the great part about it is that you're kind of meditating on the theme when you're doing exactly. it. Exactly. That's uh-huh. kind of the point. Right. The point isn't really the result of it, the end result of it, but you're, you're kind of meditating on the theme, like of connection. I've been thinking about it a lot and I haven't even started making what I'm going to make for my partner. I just want to think about it for a while and what connection means to me. And something I wanted to say that I've been responding to people individually, but if anybody's listening, that's interested in this art exchange, um, you can get in touch with us. We'll add you to the secret Facebook page for that exchange. That's where all the communication goes on for there. Um, and you can just leave us a message on our, our own Facebook pages, which is uh, Tammy Solace is just my name. And um, Sandra, you're Sandra un- or, or the Unruffled. What, where would you like people to contact you if they want to get in touch with the Art Exchange? Oh, uh, they can either, yeah, send me a friend request. Um, I'm Sandra Talbert Primo, I think, on Facebook. Or I do have um, a page for my website. So um, it's the Unruffled. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I wanted to just say is that it could be that you make really good cookies. Yeah. And you're going to connect by giving someone your home-baked love and you ship that off. Or it could be that you have really beautiful handwriting and you're going to write a letter. Yeah, it's really anything. It's anything. There's no, you do not have to do a painting or visual arts or, you know, we have other friends that made music because that is what they do, that they wrote a song. Uh, I got a song and I was so touched and that is in that person's wheelhouse. So dig deep. Think, I mean, when people think they're not creative, I think everyone is creative. So I think that's kind of the fun of it too, that you get to kind of take a look at yourself and um, you get to share it with another person. But I really think the work is done when we're making it you know, the work that we're giving, sure. that we're giving ourselves. So, um, that'll, we'll share, we'll share the reveals on that. And um, people can look at examples of that if they want on Instagram, we have a hashtag that's recovery gals art exchange yeah. and they can see what some people have made and interpreted, um, on that theme. Yeah. So yeah, I'm very proud of that project, Sandra. I'm really me too. I love it. All right. Okay. Well, should we uh, get to who we have interviewed today? Yeah. Yeah. We should. <laughs> we are. This is I could just chat to you. Not you the all ta- day. Tammy and Sandra show today. Um, we today on the show we um, have interviewed very excitedly interviewed Tiffany Hahn. Um, 
I'm going to just read a little bit of her bio. Tiffany Hahn is a writer, speaker, and teacher who helps highly creative women define and find success on their own terms by stepping far beyond the confines of their comfort zones to the lives and businesses they really want. Her work over the past three years on her Raise Your Hand, Say Yes podcast, and if you haven't listened to her podcast, please go listen. It's so good and inspiring. And with her hundreds of clients and students has taught her that while there are strategic steps one can take to build success, it all starts with mindset. Everything is rooted in intuition, flow, and energy. And that girl's got some energy. (laughs) She does. She does. She also, because she has so much energy, she hosts a second podcast called How to Be Remarkable with her branding bestie, Erin Cassidy. Um, It's a podcast all about what it takes for entrepreneurs to build a knockout creative business that stands out in the crowded marketplace of our online world. And, uh, you know, what else? I mean, she's also, uh, she considers herself in recovery. Um, She's been sober since January. She uh, is on a mission right now to get her spiritual MBA, which is... um, She's trying to read everything she can get her hands on that relates to recovery and spirituality. Um, she's a mom. She's of twins. Yes, of <laughs> twins. <laughs> Three-year-old twins, and she hosts two podcasts. I don't even know how. She... <laughs> yeah, we could have really talked to her forever. She's <laughs> she the energy she exudes, even just over a microphone, is contagious. She's, we love Tiffany Hahn. Yeah, she's great. Um, just a little bit of a warning. Uh, she, we, I shouldn't say she, we dropped some F-bombs in this episode. Um, and so if there's little ears around or listening or if you're around your kiddos and that's not your thing, um, this is your warning that this will, we will have some, some F-words in here. And um, we just want to let you get to know Tiffany. She's just a, a she's just a bundle of energy, like you said, and a ray of light and super positive. And I hope all of our, our listeners get something out of it. Okay, on to Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, Hi, welcome. Tiffany. We're Hi. so happy to have you today. Yeah, Tiffany, I ran across your work um, over the winter. I was getting ready to pick my word for the year. And I was uh, on Instagram and somehow I think I found, fell down the rabbit hole of um, one of my big creative idols is Lisa Congdon and somehow connections there. And um, I ran across your podcast and started listening to it and found, you know, listened to her podcast. I think she's been on there three times with you and started listening to you and your work and loved it. Thank you. I'm so glad that we found each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Tammy's turned me on to your podcast. I think she said, I'm, I've been listening to podcasts for a very long time. Um, my baby, my child is eight, so I started listening to them when she was a baby. And uh, so Tammy just assumes I've listened to everything, but she mentioned... <laughs> your podcast. I was like, no, that is actually one I have not come across. So yes, we love your podcast. And your podcast is raise your hand, say yes with Tiffany Hahn and your Instagram handle is the Tiffany Hahn, which I love that. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I've also recently launched a second podcast. Yes. Tell that about that. Uh, so that other podcast is called How to Be Remarkable, and it is more uh, kind of specifically about how to really uh, marry brand branding strategy and graphic design to help creative women who have businesses build truly remarkable brands. So that's a podcast that I co-host with uh, my graphic designer, and it's every other week, and it's also really fun. I love I it. love podcasting. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> How long have you been podcasting? Uh, so I launched Raise Your Hand, Say Yes in, I think, August or September of 2014. Oh, so yeah, you have been doing it for quite some time. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. do you, what do you love about it? Like, what's the part that is your favorite? Um, so much. I think that my favorite thing is I've always joked and said, if I could just get paid to have interesting conversations, right. what a great job that would be. And <laughs> it's so fun to have that be part of my work, right? Like every time I end a recording, I hang up and I feel like I get so much from the conversation and, um, knowing that then I can give these conversations out into the world. It just feels really, it feels really great. And it's really, it has been a surprisingly effective way to connect with people, mm -hmm. um, in a really authentic way. So it's this way that like, I feel like you just, I get to just show up as myself. I think when I'm talking, I feel very comfortable. And that's been really fun too, to have people feel like they know me, mm -hmm. you know? And like, I don't have to necessarily try hard to present myself in this certain way. And I think with, especially the internet and online business and Instagram and newsletters, you're always trying to like be who people want you to be. And with podcasting, especially cause I just get to talk to such awesome people and a lot of those people are also my friends. And so I, when I'm talking to them, I feel really comfortable, which is also nice. I love that. Now I have to ask though, are you a dinner party type person? Totally. Okay. Yeah. 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 Her and I have a lot so in common, Sandra. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I want to be the dinner party person, but I, I'm not, I'm so far, I'm not <laughs> 48. And so far I'm not. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Tiffany and I met, um, in May at the never not broken workshop. We met in person and we had just had like a Skype date the day before, I think. Right, Tiffany. And then we yeah. both figured out that we were going to that workshop at love story yoga. And Tiffany, you haven't been drinking this year since is it January 5th? January 5th or 4th. I just calculated before we got on the call. It's been 174 days. Wow. Awesome. Congratulations. Amazing. I was like, oh, that's like a, a long number of days. It is. It is. It's long <laughs> enough to start really like reaping the benefits. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. So you, yeah. yeah, you just passed your, um, is it uh, almost six months then, right? You're getting there. Almost six months. Yeah. I'm getting there. I'm getting there, which feels really exciting. Well, when you started talking about this online and, um, you know, that's how I started when I, I think on Instagram is where I, um, saw that you were posting about that. And then you left some comments on, on, on my Instagram feed. And it was like, you know, we, we were trying to find our tribe when we're, when we stop drinking and we kind of start mm -hmm. removing this, stop drinking things and removing it from our lives. And we're like, Oh, who else is like me? Who, you know, who can I talk to about that? Do you, do you, how do you find that Instagram has fit into having that conversation or social media in general, I guess, um, has it helped you 
branch out with your, with your um, recovery or with not drinking totally. or yeah. Yeah. I think in a way, um, I think that Instagram really helped me kind of helped me decide to quit drinking in a way. So my friend Andrea Owen is a coach and I follow mm-hmm. her on Instagram and I, she has a podcast, uh, called your kick-ass life podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she, I listened to her. She had a recovery series, right? That was that came out maybe the end of last year or something. It was really good. It was really good. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's a kind of thing where I think we can all relate to. I've always been fascinated by people who don't drink. Right. Um, Me too. I was for a long time as well. Yeah. Especially writers who don't drink. Or cre- yeah, creative people yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, and so there's something there, right? When you're like always kind of like, I want to learn more about that. When you're super curious about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Um, But I didn't, you know, I always had all these stories for why I couldn't give up drinking and blah, blah, blah. But Andrea did that recovery series and I knew that she was sober, but I had never really dived into her story. So I started listening to that and she was interviewing all of these women who when I listened to their stories I was not at the place with my drinking where they were but I knew that I would be eventually mm-hmm. um, so that smart was, that you figured that out yeah I mean it it was sort of that idea of like oh this is a fucking truth and like it sucks to realize this but I don't want to be 13 and like hiding wine bottles my I don't not mean to be 13 my kids right I have, have three-year-old twins no. right now so yeah part of my thing is like I would drink as much as I could get away with given my lifestyle, which is, was maybe like two glasses of wine, um, a few times a week because I just couldn't, I couldn't afford to not feel good and to wait, like I have to wake up and like hit the ground running. But I also knew that like, if life were to get more forgiving energetically, that I would, I would always drink as much as I could Mm -hmm. given whatever circumstance I was in. So I, decided to give up drinking for a year based on hearing a lot of people with Andrea's podcast like that sort of opened up to me this world of like public sobriety um Mm -hmm. and like people who are sort of recovering out loud Mm -hmm. and then it became like oh well if you know it's sort of like you you identify with the people that you surround yourself with so it enabled me to surround myself with different or not different people, but new people where all of a sudden then talking about giving up drinking or talking about sobriety and recovery was normal. And so then it was like, Oh, I can do this too. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I started my sobriety journey with the thought of quitting for a year as well. And then about two months in three months, maybe I decided, uh, yeah, I've, I decided three months in that I would probably do whatever I had to do to just Mm -hmm. not go backwards. Yeah. So you probably, did you have that, that same kind of shift? I, or are you still shooting for a year? Oh no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. For me, it took about three weeks and I realized like, Oh, there is, I, I, so at that point, 
I quit drinking for a year. I started listening to the home podcast, mm-hmm. um, which was like a deep rabbit hole of, you know, Andrea's <laughs> recovery series was like 10 episodes, but I feel like the home podcast was such a like wealth of information about mm-hmm. and like information and different perspectives on recovery and sobriety. And, um, it was about three weeks into my year long experiment where I was like, Oh, this is not serving me at all. And there is really no need. There is like no situation. And and this is also something I tell myself all the time because it's easy to sort of be like, I'm good. And then, you know, think like, Oh, I could have one glass. But Mm -hmm. so what I'm constantly telling myself is like, there's actually not a situation where a drink is going to make anything better. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. 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 And, you know, when it when things really shifted for me was when my perspective changed from I don't get to drink to I don't have to drink. I don't have to. I, I just don't have to. Well, when you start feeling or, or noticing the differences and reaping the benefits and seeing the the shift that starts happening in your life, like there's no it's like you can't unknow that after you start Mm-hmm. Um, recognizing it. And it's almost like I wish that on everyone that everyone could take a break. I mean, I know some people do the dry Januaries and, um, but for me, when I went, I, I was a couple weeks into, a, a doctor prescribed, um, um, what do you call it? Elimination diet mm-hmm. where she asked me to eliminate alcohol. When I started waking up without a hangover and not having a dull start to my day, like that's when I knew like, okay, there's, there's a bigger problem going on here <laughs> that, that I like this so much. I like feeling this way. I can't go backwards either. Kind of like what Sandra just said, like you can't, I don't want that anymore, but it was really other people talking about it that pulled me forward. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I was in the, in my head and, and really trying to justify how I could start moderating and having it back in my life. And if it weren't for the people like Laura McCowan and Holly Whitaker from Hip Sobriety, if it were, if they weren't talking about it and I hadn't found them, I think I'd probably be drinking. Or if I hadn't found the rooms of AA for me with my type of drinking, I think I would definitely be drinking. But because people are being bold and brave and talking about this kind of stuff, you know, it's um, it's pulled me through, and it still does every day. Clearly, we're here talking to you about this too, and. You're in the beginning of your journey, which makes me very excited for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, I think finding the right people is so critical because even like, I feel like society is against sobriety. And even I remember <laughs> yeah. when I, when I first gave it up, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not wanting to say that I'm in recovery or like sober because that's boring. <laughs> and now I chuckle and I'm like, no, it's okay. It's okay to be sober. It's okay to like be committed to that and really see it as a place of empowerment. Like some of my, for sure, my friends are like, oh, are you still doing that thing? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, and it's awesome. And you should come dance in my swimming pool. Cause it's really, the water is great. Right. But <laughs> I, I, I try not to be the like drinking's bad person unless people want to go there with me, which, you know, Right. Especially if they have a cocktail in their hand and (laughs) it's just awkward, just a little bit awkward. Um, well, my husband still drinks 
and not as much as he used to. Uh, but he definitely he's an, he's a normie as we call them, and just mm-hmm. he seems to be fine. He's got it all handled. But for that first year when I quit drinking, I was like. No, I couldn't. It was really hard to have that around. Um, it doesn't sound like maybe that was your issue. It sounds like you just you saw it coming down the pike. So maybe you're just like, oh, I'll just I'm going to stop right here before it gets out of hand. Is that yeah, true? I mean, it is. Yeah. And so we you know, we can have alcohol in our house. But I will say that, like, I my brother in law was just visiting last week and he drinks and my husband, my husband will drink occasionally. He's not a but he, he like doesn't care about alcohol. I've always been like, who are you? You don't care about my husband's the same. My husband's the same. Um, but I poured my brother-in-law a glass of wine, uh, at dinner the other night. Cause I'm a, I'm a dinner party hostess and it's, a uh, my husband and his family, they're Korean. And so there's a cultural thing in Korea that the youngest person pours the drinks and it's a thing. And, Anyway, I was pouring him a glass of wine and like totally my mouth was watering and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. Like this seems weird and I don't know that I need to be the person doing this. So right. mm-hmm. I'm I- finding that I don't know how I'm going to react to a situation until I'm in it. Right. Well, and then just knowing what your your sober limits are, like, like you just stated, I, I'm... I'm not there yet. I'm not there to pour, you know, my guests glasses of wine yet. And maybe you will never be, but maybe you will be someday. But just knowing those limits, like I'm not comfortable, you know, in a situation where a bunch of people are drinking or I'm not comfortable in a situation where people are getting really drunk. Not, you know, and not even just to say that that's super boring, but well, or like, I'm just not in a, I'm not comfortable in a situation where I'm super bored also. Yeah. That, how like empowering exactly. is that, right? To be like, this sucks. I'm, I'm out of here. Everybody's repeating themselves. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to a Christmas party this year, Tiffany, and I walked in, I was all dolled up in my cute outfit. I walked in. I asked my husband, like, what kind of party is this? Cause he'd been before and I hadn't been to their Christmas Hanukkah party before. And there was, you know, red solo cups everywhere. People were doing shots. I barely got in the door frame and I stayed there for about 10 minutes. And I just looked at him. I go, I need you to take me home. And he was like, seriously? And we live nearby. He's like, I'm like, seriously? I said, yeah, I, I got to go. And I came home, put on my pajamas and watched the Gilmore Girls. And I was just really happy. It's <laughs> like, not yet. It's been a while, but it hasn't been long enough that I wanted. Because it's just small talk all night. And it sounds like you like to have real conversations, Tiffany. So you probably don't like small talk either, right? I do. And that's one of the reasons I love people like you guys and like the sober community and the recovery community is that as soon as you meet someone, like you go deep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just go right in. And it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. When someone asks how you are, they really like you. You'll answer that like, I'm having a rough day. Yeah. (laughs) I'm feeling a little wonky. Not, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah, I don't don't enjoy that anymore either at all. Um, So I was going to ask you, do you, you, I know you had the recent episode with with Lisa Congdon about anxiety. And do you have any issues with anxiety? And have you noticed any change in that since you've stopped drinking, you know, to any degree? Yeah. And yes. Yes. So (laughs) 
I never knew that I had anxiety. I just thought, well, I'm a total worrier and I get insomnia really easily and isn't everybody like that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would have friends who talked about being anxious flyers and they would talk about getting Xanax. And I was like, wait, you can get medicine to help you not worry about things. Because again, for me, it was such a norm. Right. And I was, this, it all coincided with, with some of my revelations about really quitting drinking was I had a revelation, um, a couple weeks into the process, someone was, I heard someone on an interview talking about alcohol and anxiety. And I was like, Oh, I think I've had anxiety like my whole life. And that that's a big reason why I drank mm-hmm. the way that I did. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So now I'm looking at like, what is, how do I deal with that? And then, you know, the whole thing about like alcohol, then cause it, you self-medicate for the anxiety and then it causes more anxiety and that whole cycle. Um, but so I've not, I'm thinking about going to see a therapist, which I haven't done in like 10 years but I just haven't had time to find one, which is a symptom of my life right now. Um, (laughs) It's been on my list since April Mm -hmm. to find a therapist. So maybe I'm doing okay, but I have been (laughs) really, really trying to do a lot of meditation, a lot of journaling, a lot of like just sitting with my feelings, which Mm -hmm. is now a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm finding that... I'm almost just discovering some of my own tools for dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to ask you, what your coping strategies were, you know, what you use now, now that you've removed all. Yeah, so I, I try to meditate every day if I can. I try to journal. I've been really trying to, like, find space for myself. I have my own business. I have a lot of things that I do. I have three-year-old twins. And so there's not a ton of like available energy left at the end of the day, which Mm -hmm. I've lived on drinking and then realized that, oh no, even if I'm not hungover, I'm still tired. Um, Yeah. Right. But I, um, I find myself like I, I'm an introvert in that I need my own space and time to recharge. So mm-hmm. if I can give myself that, it makes a big difference. And I'm also, I really want to start introducing exercise into my life because as I've, as I've gotten sober and realized so many times when I've been triggered by emotion and been like, I just want to have a glass of wine that if I can move my body, like I need to do something to sort of get the feelings out of my body. Um, mm-hmm. Seems mm-hmm. like exercise is the thing to do for that. Yeah, I think there's some saying like, was it move a muscle, change a thought or something? But yeah, it's it it definitely I I'm a runner, um, and I don't run always the whole time. Sometimes I walk, whatever. It's not for it's not even for gaining muscles or losing weight or anything. It's for my head. It's for my it's it's for my brain. Totally. Mm-hmm. Do you drink coffee, Tiffany? Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to cut back because it keeps me awake at night. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I've shared before on here, but when I gave up coffee in December, it was after Sandra and I had recorded a podcast with the Sense Right Now guys. And I had a cup of coffee that night around seven or so when we did it. Got off the phone or Skype and felt really great. And I was like, oh, Sandra, that went well. And then I had a major anxiety attack that night. And so a couple of days later, I was like, why did I have that? Everything went so well. I wasn't nervous. I was okay. 
you know, and then I was like, Oh, I, I drank some coffee. So I started kind of backtracking, had major anxiety attacks in France last year. I drank coffee from the time I got up till the time I went to bed. Mm. And so then I was like, I'm going to try to remove it. You know, I've, I've done this other hard thing. Maybe I can mm-hmm. do this hard thing that I keep telling myself, Oh, I can't live without coffee. And it has changed everything mm-hmm. for me in terms of my anxiety. So, I mean, it may not be the answer for everyone, but it definitely yeah, is worth an experience. <laughs> right. I have a cup of decaf to kind of tide me over, but um, that doesn't satisfy me either, really. So I'm only drinking like a little bit and I go, oh, yeah, I guess I didn't really need that after all. But it's so just saying if, if, it, if it, yeah, you know, if you're putting therapist on there and you're not getting to that yet, there's other things like you just said, exercise mm-hmm. and trying to remove something or doing a half and half or something maybe, you know, with yeah, coffee. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, it's also interesting. I'm finding I've always before, before I quit drinking, I would always joke and say like that I loved the way one cup too many of coffee made me feel that kind of jittery, like, ah, on top of the world feeling. And mm-hmm. I always said like, that's why I don't do Coke because I know I would love it. Which <laughs> I know I would. Um, right, right. I know. But, I want to go up, up, baby. Yeah. Like, ah, it's so fun. But I, I found even like the last couple of weeks, I've had two different experiences where I've drank kombucha and gotten kind of a kombucha buzz and been like, I don't like this feel. Like now I'm to the point where I don't like it when I don't feel like myself. And before I thought that was the best. And now I'm like, no, no, I like, I like the norm. Like I like the sort of regular way to feel. So it's, it's interesting now, just yesterday I had this kombucha experience for the second time where I was like, I don't think I can drink kombucha. Like I don't, I, anything that makes me feel at all, anything like it, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't even tried the kombucha cause I don't even yeah. want to feel, yeah, I don't even want to play around. <laughs> A lot, a lot of our sober <clears throat> online groups, there's always a kombucha conversation. Yeah. Every month, every month or so, there's a kombucha conversation. Should you or shouldn't you? And, you know, it's personal, but some actually do have a percentage of alcohol. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just figure since I don't need another thing, I already have enough things I'm trying to not do. <laughs> I don't need another one to go, oh, maybe that's not for me. Um, Tiffany, you know what drink I like? I like to put a couple of tablespoons of uh, apple cider vinegar in like a fizzy water and like a squeeze of lemon. Mm. And it's so good. And that's that's yeah, your cocktail. That's my cocktail. Yeah. Our mocktail. <laughs> Hmm? Which, how much apple cider vinegar do you put in? I like a couple of tablespoons. I don't really measure it. I just sort of pour it in, but I think it's uh, maybe two tablespoons. Yeah, I'm trying to find the thing that I enjoy. Like, I'm trying to find the beverage that feels fun and special. And so far, it's just like we have a soda stream. So we have mm-hmm. all the fizzy water we want. And I'm finding that even, you know, it's funny because I always used to drink orange juice and fizzy water. And now it's like it's the orange juice is too sweet. Like there's mm-hmm. something happening where I'm tasting things differently. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and so now I'm finding that just like a half an orange squeezed into my fizzy water feels perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I was just talking to my husband this morning about getting a soda stream because I'm going through so much uh, canned little Perrier. And, and I live in Get such it. a tiny house that I'm like, I don't want another appliance <laughs> because we have such little storage, you know. So, um, But I told him today, I'm like, I really feel like I'm two and a half years into this gig. Like, I feel like we need a soda stream. <laughs> so you like it? Yes. Okay. We, I love it. And we, our house is 720 square feet. Okay. Then oh. you're, you're, so and you have twins is, and we have twins okay. and yeah. it is, we've had it for like five years. I think it's one of my favorite kitchen purchases ever. Okay. Good yeah. to know. <laughs> um, yeah. okay. So I have a question, Tiffany. I want I just, I was listening to your newest episode with Ashley Nichols. Did I meet her at the, at the yoga? Yes. That was her. Okay. I was just trying to put it all together when I looked at her picture. Um, but you guys were talking about reinvention and I found that really fascinating. And I noticed I was looking on your blog and, um, I know you were tweaking some things from your Instagram stories. I, I get to, you know, behind the scenes of what you're yeah. doing and what you're working on. Um, and I noticed that you tweaked a little bit of your homepage with your, the narrative about who you are. And I was just wondering, like, how did that feel? And your website is super positive. I feel like for women and empowerment and, and the way that you talk to your clients and to, to anybody that reads that, what do you, what do you, what's your reinvention? What's going on with you right now in terms of creatively reinventing? Yeah. So by the time this goes live, there will be more things tweaked. Okay. Um, that right now is, is we're kind of doing it in phases, but I think this week, uh, as of the recording date, I think this week, the about page and probably the work with me page will be updated. Um, you know, part of it is, And in a way, I think that I think I'm not actually changing things. I think that what I'm doing is more aligning the way that I describe what I'm doing with what I actually do Mm -hmm. versus like the convenient way to do it. I'm really, really interested right now in terms of my coaching and my teaching and and what I'm talking about and really like helping creative women align their creativity and their spirituality so that they can have businesses that feel really authentic to them and also feel powerful and resonant to the world. I like, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like you're getting more specific, which is, which is good. Right. Yeah. Well, it's more authentic to who you really are. It sounded like, um, I know your conversation with her, you guys were kind of teasing about a little bit sometimes when we're talking about spirituality. It's, uh, I think you, you were like, I'm going to go run and find the URL for everydaywoo.com. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I was Got like, it. I, it. Yep. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> and I was like, we do kind of, I'm doing that too, because I'm on this spiritual path here of, of figuring things out, but it feels scary to even say, you know, I mean, I don't put a crystal in my bra. I know you guys were joking about that. And, and <laughs> Daniel Laporte was joking about it a couple of Fridays ago when I went and saw her at Grace Cathedral, but we're kind of like doing these qualifiers, right. For our spirituality. Cause we're, we're feeling it out cause we don't want to freak anybody out. And so you're becoming more authentically you, it seems like on your, on your website and on what you're putting out yeah. in the world and what your, your bio or just the little things you're actually, you're right. You're, you're, aligning yourself and you're, then you're going to show other women that they can do that too. Uh, Yeah. And it's not, you know, there are so many people in terms of online business, especially teaching you how to get more, how to get more money, how to get more followers, how to get more, 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 more. And what I think what I've found is like, yeah, I can help people with that. And like, that's fine. But 
at the end of the day, if all we are doing is chasing more, we're never going to be satisfied. And if, if the way that we're like, if we're chasing more with something that doesn't align with our values, it doesn't totally light us up. That doesn't feel an alignment. What's the point, right? Mm -hmm. Like what's the point? And I, I think what I'm seeing too, is I'm seeing this trend in terms of myself and my business, in terms of people like Lisa Congdon, who came on my podcast and talked about this, you know, sort of the people who have been doing the online entrepreneurship for let's say seven to 10 years is everybody I feel like is at a place where they're looking at all the work they've done, everything they created, they've worked their asses off, they've hustled really hard and they're looking at everything and being like, wait a minute, what have I done? Not because they're not proud of what they've created, they are, but because I think what we've done is like made this completely unsustainable mm -hmm. thing. And then people are coming to us and being like, teach me how to do what you did. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like you got to make sure that you want that thing that you're on the hamster wheel chasing. Right. You know? And so I think that there is, I think we're approaching a, a greater spiritual shift in terms of, creative entrepreneurship, especially for women. I think that women are learning. We're learning more how to use our voices. We're starting podcasts. We're talking about things out loud. We're telling that really uncomfortable truth and finding that like we say something, we announce on the internet that we're quitting drinking and like nothing happened, nothing bad happens. <laughs> okay. Um, and that is what I really think, you know, part of why I do what I do is because I think that if more of us are out there, willing to do this work, willing to tell our truth, whether we're sober or not. But I think that's one aspect of, of something that helps, right? That like we can change the world and if we can change the world, but also lead by example of what's possible, like that's, that's a world that I want to create for my daughters. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But <clears throat> I'm just curious about that. Do you think though that, um, that that is the gift of your perspective of where you are right now as you can look back and I mean do you regret that you hustled that hard as long as you did no I don't I don't yeah. regret it and you know I tend to take like a sliding doors approach to anything so I kind of believe like you know we it's funny, my husband is 12 years older than me and whenever we talk about how we met, we met in sort of this chance encounter, but when we started to like kind of talk, learn about each other, we, we there were times when we like lived in close to each other in North Carolina and things like that. And as I was like, I wonder why we didn't meet then and, and all of these things. And, um, you know, I kind of think like when I look back and think about where I am now and some of the things I did, I think like, oh, I, I think that I would have still come around to this place. It just would have looked differently mm -hmm. um, or looked different. And, and so I'm really, really curious now about helping, helping women tap into that authentic piece and like giving them the courage to move forward on that rather than what they think they should be doing mm -hmm. to sort of avoid some of that burnout. I, I found the episode really interesting. You made me think about a lot when you were talking with, um, with Lisa Congdon, yeah. both of you, because Sandra and I both wanted to, you know, like the title of your podcast to raise our hand and say yes this year to do the things that we've just been dreaming and talking and texting about for a year. 
And then we finally, when my best friend passed away, I was like, that was in February. I was like, what am I waiting for? Let's just do it. But when I heard you and Lisa talking, it was interesting because already I'm like, is this too much social media? I don't know if I want to be on social media so much. I don't know if I want an account for that. I don't know if I, I need to think about this. I need to think about putting a store on my website. I don't want to make prints. I want to maybe just sell originals because I don't want that work. Like it did make me think about it. And that was right after when I, when I put a, a store on my website it was after I listened to that podcast with Lisa thinking, I need to think about the work I'm going to create for myself. If I do this, like, am I ready to do all of that work? And do I really want to, and do I need to? Mm-hmm. Well, what Tammy and I talk about a lot and what, and between the two of us. And I've also heard this from a lot of women that listen to this podcast. Uh, a lot of us that drank for a couple of decades and that was the thing that was holding us back, um, from reaching our creative potentials, mm-hmm. um, career potentials, all of those things. Now that that is out of our life, uh, and we're thriving, we feel like we're making up for lost time. So mm-hmm. there is that feeling of, I have to hustle because mm-hmm. how much time do I have left? How much energy am I going to have mm-hmm. at this point, you know, and for how long? So it's hard. It's really hard. I totally, I, I love that. Um, I listened to that. I listened to your interview with Lisa Congdon as well. And, um, I, you know, I, I love that message that, uh, it, you know, that, that the hard hustle can le- lead to severe burnout. And I completely get that. And, um, I guess it's just hard to find the middle place. Yeah. The way that I like to think about it is, you know, there's, I feel like there's a, and, and I've talked about this. You might have heard me talk about this on the podcast too before. Like I tend to roll my eyes at people who really, 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 really talk all about self-care because I feel like self-care sometimes people use that as a reason not to follow through. Like people right. use that as a scapegoat. Like, oh, I would love to, I have to like bail on that thing because of self-care. And you're like, but you made a commitment and what are you doing? Because that's not cool, right? And mm-hmm. so I like to think about it like, you still want to have a work ethic. You know, I, I'm a big fan of the rock and his whole thing is like, be the hardest worker in the room. And I'm like, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. That is, I think really, really, really important that you're willing to work hard for things. But then I also think that we have to, especially women, especially being women who give, 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 and are such caretakers. Mm -hmm. Um, we have to really delineate between effort and struggle. And that's where like, Tammy, what you described of like, I realized I might maybe just want to sell originals and I don't want to do the prints. Right. So that's where I think the the key to all of this is getting an alignment with what you really want mm-hmm. and making decisions from that place. And you're still going to show up. You're still going to be a hard worker. You're still going to follow through on your commitments. You're still going to put in the effort, but it's the like, I'm crying at the end of the day because this is just so fucking hard. And oh my God, what have I done? Like, that's what I'm trying to help people avoid. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Well, I think you <laughs> you girls were saying, I was laughing so hard, Tiffany. You just kept saying, I just want to tell the motherfucking truth. <laughs> yeah. you know, so not you and Lisa, but you and Ashley. And I was like, yeah. that, that is, um, that's kind of what we're doing in sobriety, right? I've met the most honest people in sobriety. I know I'm going to get this straight shot, right? They're going to tell me the absolute 100% unedited version of the truth. I really appreciate that. And I think even though I'm saying it in my real life, it's harder for me. I don't want to be a big, uh, on a platform telling everybody that they shouldn't drink or, you know, I don't mind sharing my story. I don't want to preach to anybody what they need to do. I just, I guess like Sandra and I talk about all the time, like you just model the solution. And, um, so that feels good to be truthful in a way that where I don't have to just be barking at all the time. I can just live it and do it. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to being like authentic with our work and our creative, um, kind of workload, like I'm fascinated. I watched you talk about all your journals and all your paper this week. And I was like, okay, I got to ask her about her paper flow and her, <laughs> her digital versus her paper life, because that is like a reality of being a creative. There's all these other things you can be creative and make the thing. Sandra makes these beautiful <laughs> dresses yet. She still has to photograph them, write about them, put them up in her store, um, have people over for fittings. Like it's all these other things it isn't just making the thing it's right. doing all the work that's around it. And by being truthful about what you want to do, um, you know, do you want to do all that paperwork or how do you align it? Cause I get overwhelmed. How do you mm -hmm. reconcile? Like this week you were reconciling some things. Does that, do you, why is that? Why were you doing that? Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's partially that I am working on some new stuff. And so I have, I, I, you'll, you'll hear me talk about this later with my toolbox, but I have like notebooks everywhere. Um, and so part of what I'm doing right now is in order to get into my flow and kind of make life as easy as possible, right? Like make my work as easy as possible. Um, there's nothing worse than like doing something and putting a lot of effort into it. I find for myself and then like coming across something you wrote in a journal a month prior and being like, Oh, I had already done that thing that then I had to recreate and like, fuck, why did I, why did I make my life m more difficult? Um, oh, right. This is called systems, right? Or, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. What I, don't do. I, I don't do those, but I think that's what they call them. But I love them. So I want to hear all about it. I know. Tammy's the one. I'm like and, taking notes. I'm like, oh wait, her story's over. The Instagram story's over. Wait. And then you said like, if anybody wants to know more about this, I'm like, oh, I want to know way more about that. <laughs> make a video. I'm going to make a video showcasing uh, what I do. But, um, so part of it is like in order to, I always say this to my clients too. Like if you want someone else to get on the freight train, you have to be willing to slow it down. And I know for me, I am, I am so like, go, 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 go. And I have all this energy and I am, a hard worker and I just like steamroll things. But, but often the way that manifests in my life is that I not as good at following through on things. And I'm, you know, it's like, you can have all the ideas in the world, but if you're not able to execute, then like, are you really, are you really having, having the business or doing the work that you want to be doing. And for me, it's about taking like what I'm working on right now is taking the thing that I'm most interested in and then 
figuring out how to align my business model with it and be like, okay, what can I shift in what I'm teaching and things like that to make sure that I'm aligning it right. And like really at the end of the day, like the day to day things aren't changing that much. It's more in how I talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, getting my notebooks organized in a way that feels really good and then contributes to that flow. So that's that whole idea of like the hustle, like the hustle looks different. It's like a quieter hustle and mm. the hustle is more, this sounds so woo, but like, it's more like the hustles in the heart of like, I'm not going to give up until I get this thing because I believe in it because it is a motherfucking truth rather than the hustle being, you know, that like, I always talk about pretend work and that's the work that like, <laughs> when my husband comes home and is like, what do you do all day? And I'm like, I researched SEO for mm-hmm. my website. Like, mm-hmm. That's not actually going to move my business forward. Right. <laughs> but he's like, oh, interesting. Right. And it sounds really convenient. And so that's not, but like you spend all day researching SEO. And at the end of the day, you're like, I feel kind of empty inside and I didn't really get anything done. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. we can all, we've all felt that. So this is more about getting into alignment, I think, with what I want and then hopefully having systems to support. Right. So staying tenacious, but, you know, while you're in your, your inner tube. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) totally. And making sure that, you know, this is something I get with, with my podcast a lot and with people in my classes is, is like, raise your hand, say yes. And then the asterisk is like, and then, and then like adapt and adjust. So if you raise your hand and say yes to something like Tammy, let's say for you selling prints, and then you get them on your website and you're like, I don't love this. They don't look as good as I think they should. And it feels really, it doesn't feel in alignment. Then like the next thing you're going to raise your hand and say yes to is like getting rid of the prints. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, yeah. And there's, there's a whole, um, uh, I think you had her on your pod as well. Daniel Krissa with the, you know, your inner critic is a big jerk and that inner critic is loud when you're doing all of these things. So, to hustle, it like takes like, you almost have to like, you're, it's, I always imagine like a runner that's getting ready to like, kind of get ready to run. Right. You're kind of, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you go and, and you feel like you're doing the job, you're doing the job. And then the inner critic is just going to trip you. Right. It's just like, Nope, you're not ready to do that job. You're, 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 I'm, ca- I'm tagging you out. And so it's, it's like, I feel like I get all jumbled up with the hustle and then with the motivation and then with the confidence, and then it's all jumbled into this big thing. But when I'm really quiet, like you said, maybe that quiet, the, that the hustle looks different, you know, when I can quiet it down and go, this is just a print, right? This is just a thing or an item or a thing on my to-do list. If I just kind of piece it out, I don't feel like I'm hustling. I feel like I'm just doing the next right thing. You know, at the moment, and you get the same amount done. That's mm-hmm. the thing too. Like I have been trying really hard this year to, if I feel tired, let myself take a 20 minute nap. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how I've learned. And this is the other thing is we don't ever give ourselves a chance to learn things. We just think that we should know the answer. Um, or we make ourselves wrong for not knowing the answer. But I've learned that at the end of the day, I get the same amount of work done, but what's mm-hmm. different is how I feel. Right. Mm-hmm. You didn't lose 20 minutes of your life. Well, you're paying attention. You just yeah. transfer the energy. Yeah. 
or I didn't fuck around on Facebook for an hour and a half <laughs> because I'm exhausted. Instead, I took a 20 minute nap and then I got up and I got done what needed to be done. And then I went and got my kids from school and I felt awesome. Mm-hmm. Right? Do, you, do you feel like you that you can pay attention to that though, because you've removed alcohol? Like for me, I feel like I feel so clear. So how, does, do you feel like that plays a part into to kind of your creative life now or your creative flow that you have in your life? Totally. Like I'm so much more in tune because I now notice all the different ways that I could numb myself. Mm, yeah. Right. So I realized quickly after giving up drinking, how often I would put the, put my kids to bed and then get back on the computer because I need to work. No, I don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't Facebook. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. I yeah. would never work then. Yeah. I always thought that I would be working, but no, it would, uh, the work would last about five minutes and then, yeah, I was just idling time. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's been, and then the question then that I have to ask is, okay, well, if I'm not spending my time doing those things that I'm habitually, have habitually been doing, what am I going to do with myself? And that, like, when you're like, I don't know what to do with myself, that you feel stupid. <laughs> right? You're like, what the, who the hell am I? What's wrong with me? But I think that a lot, I hear that from so many people. What are you going to do if you're not drinking? It's so like, much. Have so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a little adjustment in the beginning to, I've, I, you have all this time. Right. Because that you spend so much time or I did. And if you were a dinner party thrower like me, you know, we were planning the menu and the tablescape and the grocery shopping. And then you got to go do all of those things. Then you've got to set up for all of those things. And, you you know, it's a lot of time and energy when you don't do that or do that on the regular like I used to. You have a lot of time on your hands to read, find new hobbies, make Mm -hmm. things. You know, yeah, I just you got a lot of time when you quit drinking. It kind of frees up space. I mean, yeah, that's why I started my entire website was just to help myself and other women in particular, although I don't, I'm not exclusive, but, uh, you know, share ideas about how to fill the void that, you know, is left when you've stopped, stopped drinking alcohol because it takes up rents so much space in your brain especially if you are a person that is trying so hard to moderate mm-hmm. well that's and that's the thing too right like I have more time but also I have more brain power because I'm not mm-hmm. thinking about how much I'm drinking or not drinking. right exactly it's just, like it's just off the table and that is so the there's so much freedom there mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm yeah. Well, I have to ask Tiffany, because we have a, a Broadway musical, love mm. of a Broadway musical in common. So did so did Hamilton, the musical, have any influence on your desires when you first were ruminating about giving up alcohol? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I haven't connected Hamilton to my sobriety, but now that you say that, you know, <laughs> Hamilton for me is the like current perfect epitome of what happens when you are relentless about uh-huh and you don't creating. throw away your shot exactly and yeah. I'm I'm fast I mean I think the musical is amazing I love it but I'm also really interested in 
the story of how it got made. And I think Lynn is mm-hmm. such a, a beautiful example of like someone who gets this crazy idea and is like, all right, let's do it and see what happens. The hell yeah. with it. Yeah. And, and right. And it, and it, and it's not, uh, you know, he doesn't get immediate. Right. Feedback at all. He just yeah. sticks with it. And it didn't like people laughed at him, right? Like it yeah. was such there's whenever, and I listened to the, I used to do this even before it came out. Um, but his, if you guys haven't seen it, the, the presentation he did in 2009 at the white house and seen it. Michelle were there and <laughs> they look so young yeah. and he, where he performed the opening number mm-hmm. from Hamilton and everyone laughed, everyone laughs. <laughs> and he was so earnest. And I used to, before, even before it came out, I used to watch that whenever I needed a boost, mm-hmm. um, because it was so good. But then you think about like, what if we all were willing to like, go to the mat for those things that we believe to be true and real and powerful and, and, and meant something. And I think for me with giving up drinking for a year, that was part of what sparked it for me. It was like, I've accomplished a lot in my life and I'm really proud of it. And the only thing that I haven't, the only thing that I know I need to experiment with is what would, how sharp could I be if I gave up drinking? Um, what would I be able to do? And, and that idea of him in Hamilton that, that runs through it of like writing, like you're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I think having kids like makes you very aware of your own mortality in a way that is beautiful, sure. hard and, and, you know, thinking about like, all right, if to, like, I kind of had to get real with myself and was like, you're all talk unless you're willing to like do it. You know, I may have for, for what I said I wanted to accomplish. And I do think Hamilton sparked that. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> I love how much you both love Hamilton too. <laughs> I love it. I like when Tiffany, like she posted on Instagram that she was going to see Hamilton in San Francisco. I was like so happy for you, Tiffany. I was like, Oh, that's the person who should go to that. That is the well, woman. You know, <laughs> my mom took me last year in July. My mom surprised me with an early birthday present took me to New York to see it That's and amazing. I sobbed through like the entire second I'm actually like tearing up right now talking about it mm-hmm. I sobbed yeah. through the entire second half and then for like two hours two hours after <laughs> because it was this idea of like what are we all doing with our lives you know and I think that there is that thing about the motherfucking truth and like we and then I think about Eliza and like how much she was able to accomplish with, with focus. And mm, I know, you know, she was like, I'm not wasting any more time. And, and ugh, I just, I think that we could all, I think that, I think the world needs that right now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What an important piece of art too. Right. Oh. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> could go on and on. I have never seen it. Uh, I have not seen the, the play yet live, but my son and I are hoping to go and see it um, in Chicago this summer. But uh, just just wait until your kids get old enough to <laughs> get into it. My son is a teenager, and he is so it has really lit him up too in ways that uh, I just 
it's so fun to watch. And um, he's in, he's in, he was in musical theater in middle school, and he performed a couple of songs from the musical, and it just, oh, just, it was the best. It was amazing. It was amazing. And I think that's one thing that I love about Hamilton, right, is like, Oh my god! Just wait till you see it. You have to tell me after you see it. We'll talk about it. Um, because it, well, it, it, okay. I I have to say I have to tell you a secret. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm about oh, let's to do tell. that. Let's tell it right now. Let's do it. <laughs> I have seen it um, because somebody had the cojones to. You watch the bootlegs on YouTube. Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and I feel like the worst person in the world. I was like, oh worst my god, person in the world. No, and I'm sure. Let's stop. Yeah. I know. So yeah, I have, I have seen it, (laughs) but you haven't. So that's, so I've seen the bootlegs and you know, I, I understand all the points of the bootleg conversation, but just wait girl. I know you're in the room because it is the energy is electric. Everybody wants to be there. And like, there's just so much fucking talent and the choreography and the lighting and the sound. And I think that's something that's like the bootleg really misses. Um, oh, oh, I'm certain. I, it didn't make me want to yeah. uh, not see. Yeah. <laughs> I put it that way. <laughs> but, no, I'm good. I saw the bootleg. <laughs> no. I know. I, I also think that like when, you know, we never let ourselves geek out on things. Because or be too enthusiastic about something. Yes. And like I people think it's hilarious how obsessed I am with Hamilton. And I'm like, you know what? You go get fucking obsessed with something and then right? let's talk. Because And, and show it. I'm, be enthusiastic exactly. about something. Yes. Yeah. I know. I agree. <laughs> well, I don't know enough about I watched the PBS special and we had the opportunity to buy tickets. Um a couple weeks ago. And so I was very interested. And when I found out they were $524, I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do that. And then they were each. So then I was like, Ooh, yeah. can't do that right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was for two and I was mistaken. My friend, um, I was mistaken, but I wanted my son to definitely go see it. You know, I wanted him to be, he had a really rough time in history this year. He's an AB student and he got an F hated history at the end barely eked out a D minus. And this is just not the student that he is. But when he watched that show on PBS about the making of Hamilton, he was so enthralled and interested and wanted to read about it. And I was like, why aren't the teachers tapping into this brilliance that he's done here? Like, you know, they're starting to, or at least my son's teachers have, have used as teaching aids. Yeah. In eighth grade they did. Yeah. Uh, I wish my son had a little bit of that, but maybe next year at his new school, they're, they're more focused on a creative way of teaching. So we'll see. But, um, now I'm glad you guys could share that. I wish I need, I'm going to, I might just have to go watch a bootleg and feel mm. a little bad about it. Well, they can take it down. So if you run across, <laughs> if you come down. across one, let you know. Watch it. It onto your <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> I like that we're sharing illegal anybody. activity. Yeah, we're not telling anybody. to make a piece of art that great I said mm-hmm. it's, so, it's so inspiring so inspiring yes and we don't know what's going to be Hamilton no right and like that's that's what I keep telling myself is like just 
get it out of you. I'm trying to write a book and like I'm going back and forth on the publisher and what it, what the book, how do I, what's my platform and how do I describe it and the agent and all of that. And finally I was like, just fucking write the book. Like, are you kidding? Right. To me? Get it, get it out of you. And I think that like, that's where I've come around to. I talk about it a lot on my Instagram stories. So I'm always like, I did the, I don't know. And I'm writing about, I did this thing. And, and it's like, I'm just tired of like, hearing myself talk about it. Yeah. But don't you yeah. feel like also like I was, that was one of my questions for about your book. Do, it's also accountability when you're doing that too. So do you feel like that, that social media kind of helps you have some accountability for this next thing that you're going to do or that you're going to attempt, or does it give you a sort of bravery to do that? Yeah, next thing? I, mean, I feel like my whole business and my whole brand, like I have a podcast called raise your hand, say yes. So that whenever <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm scared. I'm like, fuck you, Tiffany, you have to raise your hand and say yes. Um, <laughs> And when I decided to quit drinking, the first thing I did when I made that decision was I posted about it on Instagram because I knew that if I posted about it on Instagram, I was going to show up. Hmm. See, this is where I think some people have this negative connotation or in my life that don't use social media and they think it's horrible all I see are like these really, I mean, I know you can get really crazy on social media. It can be exhausting and maybe you're on it too much. Take a break. But for the most part, I have seen nothing but beautiful relationships and collaborations bloom out of social media, out of Instagram for sure. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I love, I'm a big fan of Instagram. I think that I check it too often. Um, I'm, that's my current thing that I'm trying to cut out in the evening is like just looking at Instagram because Scrolling my through, phone's yeah. there. Um, but I've, I've been really, I feel like really open about my recovery and sobriety since I decided and like kind of in the moment. Um, and I have not gotten a single negative response. Yeah. I don't think I have either. I mean, maybe people have just not commented or they don't follow right. anymore or whatever. That's okay. But I had not one thing negative either. I think that's really beautiful, you know, that we can kind of put these things out there and it's vulnerable and a little scary for us, but the more you do it, the easier it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then you like, then it becomes about building resilience. Right. And this whole idea of raise your hand, say yes. And you learn what you're good at and it, it doesn't make sometimes posting the thing any easier, but you, I think you recover faster. That's true. I would, yeah, that's true. I would, I would definitely say that. I don't feel as, um, I mean, I guess I kind of have forgotten or some days I forget, like, I don't know who follows me exactly. I don't look through all of that. I don't see that. I only know by who comments, right. Or who likes something. So I kind of, you kind of forget that. And I get so many nice people saying nice things that it's like that you are helping somebody, you know, either creatively try something new or, and I tell you, the school of Lisa Congdon that I put myself through, um, was about three years ago. And that was the year when I decided to quit drinking, which was in 2014. I mean, it was the year before I quit drinking. I took every online class she had. I went to her workshop at makeshift society on how to become a professional illustrator, which I had no business being in that class, by the way. Um, I didn't know anything about anything. I just liked to draw some circles and <laughs> that was it. Um, but 
I just kind of started absorbing and taking classes and doing things and following people on social media. And it just blew. I took a class from Jen Hewitt, who I didn't realize was Lisa mm-hmm. Congdon's best friend. And mm-hmm. I started doing some prints and I was like, okay, I like this. Just f- saying yes to myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- that just started everything. So when I said no to alcohol, like that had to go, I found that I had all that time, like we talked about earlier to say yes. Yeah. Even if it was only a temporary, yes, you know, like to figure it out if it was for you or not. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I feel like, um, like I pick a word for the year every year you do this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do. And your word this year, was it flow? It was flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What does that, what does that mean to you? What does flow mean to you this year? How have you been manifesting that or, or, or incorporating it? Yeah. It really looks like for me, uh, it's all about like embracing that ease, embracing the mother. Like I find the motherfucking truth, right? This idea when you, it's really uncomfortable at first, but then when you start to live it, things open up in a really beautiful way. And that like, the people who are on board are super on board and the ones who aren't just kind of go away mm-hmm, <laughs> so far. Right. That's what I've realized, right? Like the people who I recently had a former client email me out of the blue and she was like, I'm thinking of, of doing this new thing with my business and I want to name it one of these two things. Like, what are your thoughts? And I looked at the name she, she sent me and I was like, Ugh, I hate both of these. And I have good reasons for hating both of them. And <laughs> at first I like the, the not like the not motherfucking truth would have been like, Oh my God, this sounds great. Whatever you pick is going to be wonderful. I'm sure. And I read it and I was like, she's not paying me, but she trusts me. She's reached out to me. She, we used to work together one-on-one and I wrote her back and I was like, I think this is beautiful. And here's why I hate both those names <laughs> because I see something better for you and bigger for you. And I sent the email and I was like, she might be really pissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and okay. Right. And she mm-hmm. wrote me back and she was like, thank God I knew that something wasn't right. And I'm, that's why I asked you because I knew you would tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's, that's what to me the flow is, is like living in a way that is in alignment with my values, with what I really want. And then giving myself permission to like say the thing that I really want to say. Like I teach branding for creative entrepreneurs. And one of the things I always teach is like, you say what you're going to say. And then I always ask people, but like, what do you really want to say? And when they start answering that question, like that's where the magic is. Mm -hmm. And then they'll finish and they'll be so lit up and they'll be so energized. And then they'll look at me and go, oh, but I can't say that on my website. And I'm like, yes, you can. What are you talking about? That's exactly what you need to be saying on your website. And then I get all like, ah. And like when we give our, when we get out of our own way, when we recognize our values, when we really like learn how to live in alignment with those and to those and not apologize for them, like the world changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I have two things to say about that. And one is going back to that idea about like just being really goofy and enthusiastic about mm-hmm. something, you know, and making that great piece of art or whatever that thing is that just resonates with you. You, you don't need half the world to feel meh about it. You just need 10 people just to be just like, yes, on board and high-fiving you. Right. You, 
that's and that's and then going with the flow you know when you remove things out of your life that you know intuitively are holding you back like alcohol then you can see the breadcrumbs and you can start moving in that direction uh when you kind of when things are renting space in your brain or you wake up a little fuzzy every morning it's harder to to it's harder to see those breadcrumbs mm-hmm. totally yeah mm. i love that well i think i think yeah, this we is could a talk good place for everything <laughs> yeah this is so fun let's keep talking about sobriety and hamilton and flow and i'm like so in my happy place right now good <laughs> Well, we want, I wanted to ask you, I know you do so many wonderful things. Is there anything that you want to promote or share with our listeners that they might get more of Tiffany Hahn? Because we're going to do an intro for you, but just like anything that's happening that you want to tell us about? So I'm actually working on right now, it's a free five-day class called Tap That Flow um, hmm. that's going to be coming out next week, July 25th. Uh, but even if you guys are listening later than that, I think we're going to make it like an evergreen thing. And then in August, I've got a new class that I put together called 31 days to flow, which is all about helping creative women, like find their flow, recognize what's not working for them, what is working, figure out how to, start it's not you know there's not going to be a complete reversal at the end of 31 days because it's a process but how to start really uh get welcoming more flow into their life because i also know that like once you feel it and you know what it feels like to be in that flow it's so hard to go back to the old way like it just feels it's like when you're in a canoe and then the river gets really shallow and you're just like trying to canoe on the rocks Mm -hmm. and you're like this sucks right Mm -hmm. like if that's all you know about canoeing, mm-hmm. then then you're like, whatever, canoeing just isn't very fun. But then when you're <laughs> like, oh, canoeing's not supposed to feel like that. It's supposed mm-hmm. to feel like this. It's way more fun. So uh, that's going to be coming out in August. And I'm really excited about that, too, because it is uh, it's going to be a little bit more woo, but really fun. And I've got some fun stuff coming with that. So that's I can awesome. really links to include with that if you want to. That'd be awesome. Yes, we will include all links. That sounds fun, and I'll probably sign up. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be really. I'm, I'm really. I'm really excited about this, and it's. Uh, I did in January. I did a whole Instagram thing on like 31 days to flow, and so I'm kind of taking some of those things that I've introduced into my own life, and just things that I've learned through throughout the years of of coaching women, and then also three years of doing these podcast interviews and I feel like I'm kind of synthesized things down into like the getting started version of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it'll be really, really fun. I look forward to those. Mm -hmm. So on our little podcast that we've started here, Tiffany, we decided that at the end of the show that we're going to share a few items from our unruffled toolbox and in sobriety, um, a lot of people have toolboxes that help them with, you know, uncomfortable feelings or situations or try to power through. Um, and so for our listeners, I always like to tell them, remind them that the word unruffled means calm and not agitated. And so it, anything in the toolbox could be related to recovery or it could be related to your creativity or what helps you in your creative life. So I wanted to know what three items were in your unruffled toolbox. 
Yes. I love this question. Okay. And Yay. it was interesting when I wrote my answers because I feel like so much that helps me in recovery also helps me in creativity. Mm-hmm. And that it's mm-hmm. we anything, do too. like everything is about like helping me get into my core and my truth. And like then I feel like if you're living in truth, like recovery becomes like it's just it's non-negotiable. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like or staying in recovery, I guess. Like, like now that I'm here, it's just like, oh, I can't, I can't do the old way. And, and, you know, that's, that's how I feel today about it. (laughs) Um, so my first thing is a podcast called On Being with Krista Tippett. Oh, girl, me too. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) I, that podcast is, I mean, Krista Tippett's amazing. She does, Uh um, she does. Uns- she releases two versions of every episode, and there's a mm-hmm. produced version and then an unedited version. I love the unedited versions, mm-hmm. and to me, that podcast is like going to church. Like it is. It is. It's so profound and so powerful, and I love hearing really brilliantly creative people talk about their experiences and about kind of how we're human. I think it's so so good. So good. good. That's Sandra's girl crush, just so you know, Tiffany. Like she loves her some Krista Tippett. Yeah, she was in my ears like the first three months of my sobriety. I discovered her podcast right in the very beginning. I'd never heard it on I'd never heard it on the radio. I'd never heard it on NPR. And it probably if I had of any, I probably would have poo-pooed it. So I'm glad that I didn't. And I listened to the whole backlog every episode. I, you know, whenever I felt anything, I, I'm gone. I'm out, out the door. I, <laughs> ear, earbuds in my ears. And then I went to her when she was promoting her last book. I went to her book signing mm. here in Austin, and I, I gushed over her a little bit, and she kind of yeah. didn't know what to do with me and looked kind of scared. <laughs> And yes. then she smiled. <laughs> she's she's amazing. And you know, if we go back to that idea of like of like searching for truth, I think she's such for me doing interviews, right? She's such a good interviewer. Mm-hmm. And the questions she asks where, you know, there's always this like, Can I ask you that? The questions she asks are so moving and honest and like oh, she yeah. asks a question and I'm like, Yeah, I wanna know that too. <laughs> Her Tell voice, me. yeah, uh, the whole thing. Smooth sounds. She um she had a guest on there that was a physicist, which I would normally not be listening to a podcast that has a physicist on it, but because it's her, I opened up and I was willing. And it was Frank Wilczek, and I went and got his book. I did a term paper on him for my philosophy class, and the question was like, is the world a work of art? And that was what my term paper was on. And it was, I could bring in art. I could bring in my recovery. I could bring in, like I'd heard, she just opened me up to the idea that I could even hear a physicist and make it accessible. Right. She has mm-hmm. such a way. She's a beautiful, yes. That's a great number one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Oh, I love her. So everyone listen. And I prefer, again, I prefer the unedited ones because mm-hmm. I also am really interested in like the production, right? Like I love it when people are, when she's like, I need to stop you. Cause there's a sound thing. I'm like, Oh, that happens to you too, Krista. Uh-huh. <laughs> so my number two is really meditation. Hmm. Um, 
I, I've talked about this a little bit on my podcast, but I have a good friend, Lacey Young, who actually she and I met on Instagram years ago and then became friends. And, uh, she, I went to one of her meditation retreats back in November and, and I had been kind of dabbling in meditation before that. But as soon as I signed up for that retreat, I like, I, I didn't even think I needed to do it. And Lacey talked to me and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And it was a lot of money and it seemed crazy to do. Like it didn't make any sense. But as soon as I paid the money for it and signed up, I had this, this gut hit where I was like, oh, this is going to be the thing that helps me give up drinking. Like I just knew like, oh, I'm going to quit drinking now. And um, I even brought champagne to the retreat. Like, you know, it was, it was hilarious the roundabout <laughs> way that I got there. But um, I definitely had like a really moving, profound experience at that retreat where I walked away from it thinking meditation isn't something I have to do. It's something that like I crave and, nice. um, it has been so useful and powerful to me in terms of tapping into my voice, tapping into my truth settling myself like in dealing with that anxiety I know Lisa Congdon and I had talked about that and how meditations really helped her for for dealing with her anxiety um so meditation has been huge and I can also give you guys uh if you want to include that uh Lacey who is I've tried a bunch of different meditation apps and I'm so used to Lacey's guided meditations that I cannot handle there's so many meditations out there that are like weird and weird music and I can't deal with any of those, uh, but Lacey Where has, can you find hers? She has on, on her website, uh, she has like a, probably a dozen or more guided meditations that are all amazing. Okay. We'll link to that in the show notes then Lacey Young's website. Uh, they're, they're great. And I'm starting to also get to the point where I can just meditate by myself, right? Like I don't necessarily need the guided meditation anymore, which also feels really exciting. I feel like I'm at a, I'm at like nice phase two. Well, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> well, next level, like I need to up my game because I've been resisting meditation for all of my sobriety. And I, uh, that's part of the steps is prayer and meditation at step 11. And so I've been trying and dabbling and attempting and having a lot of talk in my head. So I would love to check out this guided meditation. That would be great. And I like her voice too. Um, yeah, I've listened yeah. to her on I your pod. Too. Yeah. Oh, good. Thank you for that. Yeah. I had an experience at the retreat where like I was touched by God hmm. and that sounds like I never, I would have totally rolled my eyes at that uh, <laughs> pre retreat, but like in the moment, whatever happened during the meditation, like I just felt so at peace and at ease. And I had the thought of like, oh, I can relax. Like I don't have to control anything. Hmm. Everything's fine. And it was so liberating to me because I've always been the dinner party hostess who has to make sure everyone's okay. And, da, 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 da. and like, it was such a sense of peace. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. Well, I'm going to give it a try. From one dinner party hostess to another, I am taking that advice. <laughs> Try it. Try it. Are really there, you know, they range anywhere from like two to 20 minutes. So okay. whatever Doable. amount of time you have. Nice. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that. All right. What's, what's your number three? Yeah. What's your final one? 
Uh, my number three made me chuckle, and it was all the notebooks. <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> so it was, it's really been, you know, I've always, this is partially, this has happened really, I would say, in the last few months, too, since I got sober, was realizing that for me, like, writing things down is really powerful, uh, rather oh, than like, yeah. sitting taping them on my phone or whatever. And so I've sort of designed, I mean, we, like I said before, our house is 720 square feet, but the, the way that my life is designed, like if I'm not, if I don't have paper accessible, then the idea goes away. So I now have like my moleskin notebooks. I have my main one that I use and I have like little ones kind of, I keep one in my purse and one in my bedroom and one in the kitchen and one in the car. And like that way there's always paper with me. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same for me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like the most, the most down everywhere. The moleskin is like your docking station, and like all the little ones in your bag and in your car, are like these satellites, right? They're just like, then they all come back. Do they come back to the docking station, and you incorporate them, or? Yeah. Yeah. So then what I do is this was what I was starting to describe in my Instagram stories yesterday, Ooh, Tammy. Saw. So then what I do is I have a like a disc notebook that I use, like the disc, you know, the disc system. So they're like instead of a binder, mm-hmm. it's like a disc. And then it so it acts like a three ring notebook and then okay. you can add and remove pages, but it also lies flat, which okay. is nice. So then what I do is I take all of the pages out. That that notebook is organized by project. So I have one for like general business, my website, my newsletter, different programs I'm working on. Um, so then I take my satellite notebook. So that's a really great way to describe it. I love that. And I tear out each of the individual pages and hole punch them and put them into the disk binder so that so I have, have like a master list. Exactly. So then I have my master list and then my my other sort of my primary notebook. And then I have a third notebook that is where I put anything that I've already used. So like on Instagram, I do a lot of handwritten notes on my Instagram and I used to just throw those away. But I realized that like they're good and I don't want to just throw them away. And so now I actually tape those into a third notebook which is so fun to flip through and be like, I'm really smart. (laughs) (laughs) And you have beautiful handwriting. You have exquisite handwriting, which I love. Thank you. Okay. You were talking like binder porn to me with this binder and (laughs) notebooks. Like I could just listen to it all afternoon. (laughs) And then I have my paper planner. Like it's, I really, I want to do a video and I'm, it's going to be hilarious. But (laughs) So many of us, right? So I posted on Instagram yesterday and so many people were like, oh my God, yes, please. Because mm-hmm. I think that we all, this is that whole thing. And this is where flow comes into. This is the last thing I'll say about the flow is that we all are told there has to be one way and you have to find this one app and don't you use Evernote because you can do all that with Evernote. And what, why right. are you using all this? Da, 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 da. And mm-hmm. Instead, like we can try to fit ourselves into those categories and we do, and it feels inauthentic. It feels dissonant. There's no resonance or we can like just be a hot mess, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is how I feel like I've lived my life a lot. And so now I'm really trying to be like, fuck your systems, stupid tech people in San Francisco. (laughs) 
I want paper. Like, I want paper in my life, and I'm going to make my own system. And I, I feel like that way a little bit, too, with sobriety. It's like, fuck you, beer ads. I can have fun mm-hmm. without being wasted. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And, and finally, just allowing yourself to say that, believe it, and then go do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I shared a couple weeks ago, I spent a Friday night making binders. I was so happy. I texted Sandra. I'm like, I made three binders, one for the podcast, one for my AA stuff, one for my hip sobriety school. <laughs> like, I just, because it was all over the place, like you just said. And I was like, I need to synthesize all of this because my, for me, um, I need inner, the way to inner calm for me is outer order. So if things are chaotic around me, I'm chaotic. My brain's chaotic. Now, not perfect. doesn't have to be everything in its place, but like some semblance of order. So I get it. And all those notebooks I get. And they're like little treasures. They're very important. Well, and the thing is, too, what what my, my life might look chaotic to you, Tammy, which I'm pretty certain it would. But uh, it's great for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, yeah, stepping yeah. into your own story and saying this is mine and it makes me feel good yeah yeah because not everybody's the same yeah channeling that all of the things we have right like I think about it in terms of flow and if you just have water on a plate (laughs) or right in Mm -hmm. like a big big broad vast expanse it's nothing's going to, it's not going to do anything, right? It's going to be very shallow. But if you were to build up walls along a river or something, all of a sudden you can use all of that stuff that we create, you, then it can become useful and, and more effective, right? And I think that's something I think about, right? If we go back to that idea of hustle, that it's not necessarily about the hustle or not hustling, but it's about making sure that you're being effective, with how you're spending your time too and, and creating those channels to then experience the flow. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're putting all that energy into something, yeah, you, you should flow. Right. Otherwise it's just right. yeah stagnant. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany. Loved this conversation. Yeah. I appreciated that when I sent you the email for the interview and said that I was daring myself for you to say yes <laughs> and, and, I appreciated that you said yes. I was really happy. And I know that you're a very busy woman and I, I uh, admire what you do and I follow along and I'm just so happy that our listeners can um, get to learn from you today. Yay. Thanks you guys. This was, I'm so glad I said yes to you. This was the best. Awesome. Good. Tiffany. Thank you. All right. Bye guys. Bye. Bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Aguirre. Thanks for listening.